It's the Nighttime Show Podcast with special guest Alan Steven. He's known as one of the outlaws of comedy. He was the writer on Roseanne, and he's done multiple HBO specials, and he picked on me at a few comedy clubs, but it was really funny. And we have Matt Walker, producer of the Nighttime Show Podcast and the Nighttime Show Live Show. And you have me, Robbie Carlisle, the announcer. But here's the big thing. Here's Steven from Big Time Rush Storks and the most amazing... Oh, so my God, it's Wow. <laughs> right? That's that's his best. <laughs> Alan, Alan, that's his best. That's him at his best. It right remind there. me of just before you hit the animal on the road. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like. That's oh. what it's like. Oh, God bless you, Robbie. Good to I see you. Good to see you, pal. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and Alan mentioned it right when we started here. You, uh, you have lost some weight. Yeah, uh, I, I lost about forty pounds uh, between the time I got fired as a web designer and now. Wow! So, now you need a uh, disease to get rid of the rest. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can find one of those, right? He's Robbie? working on it. Well, there, there's actually this one woman who was like so morbidly obese, right? And she got this flesh-eating disease that normally kills you, mm-hmm. and they quarantined her. And the flesh-eating disease, like, literally gave up because it couldn't, like, it got full. Dig, well, it couldn't dig through the fat to get to the actual, like, muscle it's tissue. It's really not a plan you should consider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way too excited about this. Yeah, it's, it maybe, you know, save it, save it for a rainy day. Yeah. You know? uh, it is uh, very exciting for us to have you here, uh, Alan. We are... Um, Alan Steven, huge deal having you on the show. You did our uh, our live show, and that you was were, fun. God, you it's were great. so fucking funny on that show. My Thank God, you. yeah. And you, one of my favorite things uh, that I mean, you're a writer, a producer, uh, and a stand up comedian, and and uh, I know you you've worked in the industry in all sorts of different ways. I mean, you helped. Uh, I I don't I don't want to say helped form the comedy store to what it became. But you literally did. Like, you were part of that whole... Like, when we watched the show I'm Dying Up Here, which I watch every week, like, that's who you were. That's you. That's that's kind of like... I mean, not that, but basically, like, you were a part of that whole I I, I love the attempt, but you must remember (laughs) we were in our 20s. Right, right. So right then and there, it's different. Yeah. Right. Well, how how so? How so? Well, there's Please. a different energy, a different excitement, and, and, and a lot of naive, naive, naivete. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't see that. Yeah. And yeah. of course, it's a caricature of her. I get it. Yeah. Nothing like that. She yeah. Was, mm-hmm. Before the strike, she was a lovely woman. Yeah. Was uh, there it, a big change in her after the comic strike? Like, there was a huge change? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Like, she never got over it? No. No, really? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, how how so? Like, how did that how did that go down? Well, nobody's famous. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Tom Dreesen did his first Tonight Show, we all went to Beverly Hills to uh, the, some rib joint, Tony Roma's, mm-hmm. and watched the show and celebrated like twenty yeah. of us. Yeah, you know, when there was no fame, it was like high school. There was seniors, there was juniors. You know what I mean? But once the fame started. That started to change things. And then the main room, originally, she thought she was going to get some big shots out of Vegas, the Buddy Hackett's. Mm-hmm. But they went, it'll kill her Vegas gig. Right. Yeah. So she wound up with Jackie Mason, who wasn't hot at the time. Tiny Tim, who still owes me 10 bucks. <laughs> uh-huh. and, well, he's dead now, so uh, you never get to back. And then she put in what was 
considered the headliners of the store at the time, about 17 of them. Mm-hmm. And they decided, oh, it's doing really well. We should get paid. Mm-hmm. And right, that yeah. would have been cool. But they used the masses uh, to get what they wanted. At one point, it was settled. She gave in to the 17, but the mm-hmm. rest went, well, what do we get? And you used yeah. us. So the strike started. Right. But, uh, oops. Wow. And what yeah. year was that? I want to say 78. 78, yeah. Do you think that, that uh, like, are you, uh, looking back at it, are you happy that that they striked and that? Uh, originally, or, I was all for it because there was two other powerhouses in town, Bud with the improv, mm-hmm. and Mike Cayley had, uh, I forget what he called his clubs. So it was like, if we get the three of them, as the country goes, it'll set yeah. the price. Sure. But uh, I remember one meeting, they said, let's just get her. And I went, mm-hmm. and I walked right over, and I said, they're coming for you. And, uh, what do you want me to do? Wow. You know, when they made it personal, I, I, you know, I'm a tight person. You know, I'm a dragon slayer. If somebody's in trouble, I show up right or wrong. Yeah. And I did agree with her that it was a where you learn, because I'm, I was developed completely there. So... I thought the main room should get paid, but the other rooms, no. Right. You know, where's the suffering for your art? And uh, so uh, eventually I had a SAG card. You know, I'm in show business since I'm eight. So when they said they were going to pull cards, I had a meeting with them, and they said, we just wish you people go away. And I said, so no card pulling? He said, no, and that was pretty much the end by then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of bad blood. Some people still are angry, but for the most part, they all got past it. Should there have been a comedy union? I don't know. I'm not crazy about the unions I'm in. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They're getting the, their their powers. It's almost out the door these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, you know, and how are you going to tell club owners? Uh, my main thing is who's going to decide I'm funny? Right. Not the two that made themselves president and vice president yeah. because it was never going to happen. They just yeah. didn't have that kind of uh, vision outside of what they did. Of course. So, what, you know, who's to say I'm worth 50 bucks, I'm worth 200 bucks? And, and then how are you going to get the clubs to honor that? Right. Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they had the right idea. I think there should be something that helps comics, especially now that the business has changed and a lot of them are jumping out windows. You know, right. Because right? yeah. they wake up and they go, well, well, I'm not prepared for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Who uh, who were some of the guys that you started out with in stand-up? Anybody that's famous now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking like... Uh, Jay Leno. Jay Leno. Here, here's a normal lineup mm-hmm. Yeah, just give, give me yeah. a, a little... Give, give our audience a little lineup. Elaine Boozler. Okay. Jay Leno. David Letterman. Gallagher. Uh, and then the celebrities would come in. The Rodneys. The, the Pryor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Crystal sometimes. Steve Martin sometimes. Uh, name any other comic you can think of. Whoopi and... and uh, Whoopi, not really. Whoopi yeah. came out of San Francisco. Sure. And she really wasn't stand-up in my mind. She was very theatrical and did funny characters, which sure. is what her Broadway show was that made her famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she did work there, but she wasn't from the original days. You know, when I get there in early 75 or in 75... Prior, maybe? Was Prior around? Prior... Is around, but he doesn't become Richard Richard mm-hmm. until about 76, 77. And then when he would show up, 
you couldn't get into the So store. you got to see that sort of evolution in Richard Well, here, here's the interesting part. Everybody has their method. Mm-hmm. Richard would prepare for to do an hour, mm-hmm. and he might go on that night and do three minutes. And they go, hey, how about this? And he goes, it's all material. I'm not doing it. And eventually, by the end of the month, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and at the end of three months, he has his hour. And he was also cool enough to pick the comics that he thought were funny. Mm-hmm. And he, sometimes he paid, or sometimes we just sat and were honored to be giving him stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Wow. Like the fire concert, I think Mitch Walters is the, uh, maybe the drunk sticking his head in to light his <laughs> cigarette and that uh, serve it with coleslaw mm-hmm. and i think we were involved in the, i know what you're saying about me and he lights the match this yeah. is richard yeah. Byer running down the street <laughs> yeah 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 uh but mooney mooney and i became very close early on and i i, I kind of liked that because he had no time for little white guys yeah. yeah you know it was just a different click no racism involved just a different click and i remember after Oh, geez, I knew him a while. One night he says, hey, I brought somebody here to see you. And we go up the stairs of the uh, belly room, and Richard's sitting there, and he goes, funny, funny. And I sat and talked wow. to him. Wow. Uh, after that, we were friendly. And then, of course, there was the drugs. Right, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. sure. Course, Friendlier. Place, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, I'm sure. when Jimmy Walker was in there. Jimmy about- Walker, here's why I respect Jimmy, and then mm-hmm. I'll tell you a funny story about him. Jimmy... You, it takes you 10 years to become famous. So there's your album. It's brilliant. Yeah. Now you have a year and a half for the next one. Yeah. Right. Well, Jimmy was smart enough to put everybody on his payroll. That was great. Mm-hmm. Letterman had to buy his way out of that contract. <laughs> but it was Leno, Boozer. He had them all, and he'd pay them. So yeah. the first joke I ever sold was to Jimmy for a Tonight Show, and he got applause. Mm-hmm. At wow. that point, he Holy had shit. gotten applause during a set. So they send me. Uh, papers. It's basically Jimmy will not talk about, and it's columns of you know what he won't say. Uh-huh. So you know I'm a little nuts. I, it doesn't <laughs> occur to me. Oh, money will be paid to me. I just write on there. Well, get back to me when Jimmy wants to be funny. <laughs> wow, amazing. Never had a discussion with him, and that's like seventy-seven. Never had a discussion uh-huh. with him about it. About three years ago, his book comes out. Mitchell Walters calls uh-huh. me up and goes. You're in the book. Like, why would I be in Jimmy's book? Yeah. And he, he goes, every now and then I like to go after the wild cards, the unpredictable. <laughs> and he goes, one time, and he tells the story. And, oh and I would never God. discussed it with him. So I see him at the Laugh Factory about six months later in the green room, and I go, how don't you remember that story? He goes, it still sticks out, Alan. I'm offering you money, and you're insulting me. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's amazing. Is that kind of a, a metaphor for your entire career, Alan? In yes. many ways. Well, yeah. somebody said you're a bridge burner, and I said, "Do you ever think yeah. I do it so I don't have to go back across yeah. and make the same mistake?" Are, yeah. Do you feel like um, have you ever had anybody fired from a job, or 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 tried to get someone fired because you were tired well, of the? I, I, I was in charge of some stuff, so of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we, we we've just had we don't we're not going to talk about it in specifics, but uh, <laughs> me and Matt have been discussing it because I've had a few times recently where I was like, oh, I'm 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 not going to deal with this bullshit anymore with some you know some place or some job or some something. Oh, and Roseanne, they called me Luca Bracci. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Really? Yeah, they could tell by the way I was walking across the lot. Somebody's head was going to roll. <laughs> God. That's but amazing. you know, there was 26 writers, 
you know, it's another 80 with the crew. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's mind-boggling what Stuff you have happens. to do. When you run a show, you've got to... You got to do the editing, the laugh track, every aspect of that show. Yeah, uh, you have to oversee. If they right. build something on the set, they got to show you the plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I notice a lot of these places don't check homework. So some writers were very good. Some I don't even know how they got as far as they were. And uh, you know, I, I like people to get me. And unfortunately, I come from stand-up, not college. Right. So the college writers and the execs go, what's wrong with him? Yeah. Because I go in and make jokes because that's yeah. who I am. And they go, yeah, what's wrong with him? Because the comedy writers are not funny. Yeah. Some are really great comedy writers, but they're yeah. not funny. So I ran up against that a lot. And uh, I would just let them think what they want. And then, of course, you know, I had a temper. My thyroid was bad for years, and I didn't know it. And it's not an excuse. I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. But I remember I once threatened one of the presidents of William Morris. And, you know. <laughs> oh, so great. oh, my God. I think Warren Littlefield one time upset yeah. me. So when Leno needed Roseanne, I did a little sketch about him. Holy shit. But this yeah. is how big shots are. They don't mm -hmm. have time to remember you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey, there's exactly. a famous manager named David Steinberg who's going to throw me out of mm -hmm. the business. I'm running you out of the business. Every yeah. year for, for four years I was here. <laughs> Two right. years goes by and he calls, is this Alan Steven? And I'm with Robert Wall and Robert mm -hmm. knows I'm, uh, you know, I could go yeah. off. He goes, just hear him out. So it's on speakerphone. He goes, it was during the earthquake. Billy Crystal has to get an award at the comedy store tonight. We know you're a big deal there. Would you accept it? And I'm about to tell him who he's talking to around him. He goes, just let it go. He doesn't he could care less. Yes. So six months later, he calls me up and he goes, hey, Alan, where's the award? I go, right here on my mantle. You said accept it. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, well, how do I get that? I go, you're a manager. You got a service. Either you get in your own car and come get it or you send a runner. Yeah. You said accept it. And by the yeah. way, do you know who he is talking to? Uh, let me refresh your mind. <laughs> and I and told him every time he told me he's going to run out of show business. Why did he want to run you out of show business? To uh, the first time. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I'll name names. The first time uh, there was a club in Arizona called Chuckles, mm -hmm. and they didn't know me, so I was going in as a middle. Well, it turns out Jimmy Brogan is the headliner, mm -hmm. and in his contract, he can say who goes before him. Yeah. And he decides the night before. Mm -hmm. Well, I need rent back yeah. then. Yeah. Jimmy had a little game show on on something and they said well you know if you can work it out with jimmy so i called jimmy at showtime i said how long are you going to be there he said a while i said good i'm coming to kill you <laughs> and then david steinberg the manager calls you can't threaten my i said no no i'm threatening you now <laughs> anyway long story short i middled he left there after two yeah. nights or something and i became their headliner but mm -hmm. uh the second time i'm a big deal in la jolla in the early 80s mm -hmm. yeah huge they wait in line they bring me gifts and I get a, I'm not on two seconds, and I get a note. Get off, Robin's here. And I, I throw it away. Yeah. About the third one, I'm playing basketball with it into glasses in the front <laughs> row. And it's nasty, the third one. And I know Robin. He can't help himself. Eventually, he's going to join me on stage. Yeah. And he does. We, have, I, we do 20 minutes together, and I give him the stage. I get off, and this guy gives me a little shove. When I tell you to get off, you get off. I'm Robin's manager. And I go, I'll keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. I'm going to run you out of show business. Okay. <laughs>
Give me yeah. a head start. <laughs> Give me a head start. Oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Nation. some people abuse their power, and I find that funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Warren. It's a long story, but mm-hmm. I had to take a meeting with him, and it wasn't our network, and he wanted uh, Roseanne to host something. Well, he kept me waiting over an hour, and there was a bowl of M and M's, and I ate them. <laughs> So he comes in, ignores me, sits at his desk, doesn't even look in my direction, and he yells to his secretary, how do you spell apologize? And I go, S-O-R-R-Y. <laughs> doesn't even turn his head. Yeah. Five minutes goes by, he sits down, looks at the ball, looks at me, and I go, should have been on time. <laughs> right. And I yeah. think I'm funny. They just stare yeah. at me like, he's just crazy, he's just crazy. So somewhere along the line, he says, uh, and if you go a minute long, you'll cost me millions because it'll go into the news. And I go, well, then I'd get more M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> and he finally loses it. And he goes, let me tell you something. If the other movie does better than ours, I'll eat crow. So Jay, because of the strike, I love him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could care less about me. He's nice to me. When my antique used to break down, he'd stop and fix it. And, uh, is that your car that's outside? Which no, car? I what? used to drive a '61 MGA Roadster. Okay, nice. okay, cool. And before I restored it, you know, yeah. so he had a Ferrari. We lived in the same neighborhood. He, he'd run me off the road. You know, <laughs> just fun stuff. Yeah. But uh, I remember five years after the strike, I come off stage. He goes, "I never thought I'd say this. You're very funny." I went, "Thank you." He goes, "Scab." <laughs> so I never know where they're they're floating. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So That's five Jay, years Jay later. calls yeah. up, and, you know, and I'm in the trailer, and I answer, and he goes, "Yeah, it's one." Why does his voice sound familiar? <laughs> is this Alan? I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, never mind." I go, "Give it a shot, Jay." Well, I need some celebrities. I just got the Tonight Show, and I was wondering if I could get Roseanne. Sure. <laughs> then I call him back, but we have to do a sketch. Mm-hmm. Don't get me fired. I just got here. <laughs> so uh, at some point, I forgot how we set it up, but the curtain opens, and it's the little kid that played her son mm-hmm. in a bozo red wig and a suit. The guy comes out with a silver tray, lifts the lid. There's the crow. He cuts into it, takes a little bite, and the curtain closes, and underneath it's flashing. President of NBC. <laughs> wow. And Jay goes, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> but, uh, apparently, you guys do. Yeah. And a few weeks later, you know, I did it a couple times. And then he goes uh, to a party, Martin Littlefield said, you have any idea who'd be behind that? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You know, the big shots are in yeah. their own world. Yeah, they don't know. Like many years ago, I think there was some disagreement on the Roseanne show. And eventually he calls her up and says, the leak to the trade is your friend, Alan. Mm-hmm. So she calls me up and wasn't a good day for me. And I'm standing with Carl LeBeau, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, pretty yeah. tough guy. Yeah. And she goes, uh, so what are you going to do about it? I go, I'll take care of it. Well, it's a writer that I had gotten rid of. He kept an extra year because he had nine kids or some crap. He's an mm-hmm. idiot. And he was working on Cosby. So I go, Carl, keep all the writers in one room. And as luck would have it, they're watching TV. <laughs> so Carl goes, hey, fellas, nobody moves. And the other guy runs down the hallway. So I kick open his door, flip open his desk. Long story short, his agent thought it'd be funny because from what he tells her, I'm nothing but a troublemaker that does nothing. Mm-hmm. So she thought it'd be a good way to get even. And I said, oh, who's she with? He goes, William Morris in New York. So I could get her on the phone. 
and I listen to her, and I go, you don't even know me. I mean, I don't even understand where, how you would even think to do this. It, it's just, is there a box or a bag near your <laughs> desk? Because I want you to start putting your stuff in it. You're going to be fired in 15 minutes. <laughs> and I called him up, and I go, you got 15 minutes to get rid of that girl if she goes to ICM. Holy <laughs> shit. So he called up. Roseanne and said, your uh, friend just threatened me. And she goes, Alan doesn't make threats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because, you know, those guys come and go like the wind. Yeah. Wow. But everybody in that position, they, they know best. They're powerful people. They don't know any more than you and I. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, real quick before we continue, uh, I am currently sitting here uh, with a bottle of my favorite stuff, Fireball Whiskey. Love the Fireball. Uh, God, it is so good. Uh, real quick, before we continue, I just want to pop this bottle open. Mm -hmm. Hey, yo, Matt, if you listen real carefully, you can hear the Fireball talking to you from inside the bottle. Sure. Uh, it's a little muffled, though. Hang on. I'll put it up the microphone. Oh, my God. I'm sweating so much. The <laughs> bottle has been... Out of the ice for can, too long. Can you hear that? That's, yeah. That's the bottle of Fireball. I'm going to pop it open. Hang fireball. on. I'm going to take it off. Ow, 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 ow. Oh, I popped the uh, the <laughs> lid off there. Hey, oh. how's it going in there, Fireball Whiskey? Oh, it'd be better if I was in your belly. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to get in my belly? Get inside this yeah. beautiful stomach. Is hairy, hairy ball Gross. of man meat. Get on in there. No, oh. wait. That sounds... Oh. Oh. Ooh, you down inside my stomach now, Fireball Whiskey? What What do you feel down? What's it like down there? Well, why are there all these half-eaten donuts? Don't you <laughs> chew when you swallow? Uh, no, I've been, you know, just kind of swallowing them whole. But that's the way that I like it, which is the why I like Fireball Whiskey. Hey, just make yourself comfortable in there. Sit on the couch, watch a little Grey's Anatomy. Will do. Enjoy the rest of the show. I do love Grey's Anatomy and Fireball Whiskey. All right, let's get back to the show. So you're doing stand-up at the store, early 80s. Sam Kinison comes to town. Well, he came to town first with a wife, a stepchild, his brother, you know, a little clique. Yeah. For about a year or two. Then he disappears for about a year or two. And then he comes then back. Then he comes back. And without that was the alone. wife. Without the wife, without the kid, without the brother. But with the entourage. Okay. Mm -hmm. What was that like at the store when he came in? Like, did you know there was something special at the beginning? Or was it he was just another guy? And well, then here's he what I said to him the first time he went on. And believe me, nobody left. He, uh, I grabbed his arm and I said, you have no fear. He said, well, I used to have to heal them. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. a good point. Making laughs is much easier than going, about that eyesight. <laughs> Try it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yes. So, wow. uh, yeah, he had no fear. And that, to me, uh, that set you free right then and there. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, uh, she put him on at midnight every night and he caught on. But that took years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Years yeah. of walking people. Yeah. We uh, we just had Maurice LaMarche on our show. Do you know Maurice? I once did a gig with him, and I said, if you do Leno one more time, I'm going to have to <laughs> stab you with a knife. <laughs> no way. <laughs> what? Why? All day long. <laughs> you know, no offense. He's a lovely yeah. guy. Great yeah. career. But the impressionists don't know who they are. So all day long, you're talking to 28 people. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's oh, yeah. Just, it's like... Being with somebody who's schizophrenic with a different personality, different voice. Well, all he the time, was on yeah. Leno, a Leno kick. Yeah. 
But oh, yeah. so he was doing Leno nonstop in the oh, condo. Not for me. Hey, you want to go for coffee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my. no, I don't. Why are you going for coffee? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he t- he told us uh, about uh, that because he was friends with with Sam and and uh, d- did Sam's voice a lot for for things. Well, let me tell you something. Yeah, I love when they say they were friends with Sam. Sam was a predator and an ex preacher. So I meet people all the time. Like I, I, I was on this radio show, and the DJ goes, yeah, one time, you know, uh, he was great. He let me do as long as I wanted. I go, how long were you there? He goes, four hours. What a great guy. I go, yeah, for four hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know him like a book for four hours. But I don't even correct right. anybody anymore. But you never know who he actually liked and who he wanted yeah. something from. Like a lot of guys will claim they're outlaws. No, you were there because Sam wanted to try to fuck your wife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Because yeah. so I've who, heard who Sam. Who was outlaws, though? Who were the actual outlaws? It's you. Well, they had their little thing, you know, of uh, when we get famous in mm-hmm. Texas that yeah. called themselves the outlaws. But once he got hot, mm-hmm. it was him and Carl, and he said to me, hey, want to go out? And it was just me and Carl. And. You know, we take Paulie to please his mother when mm-hmm. we were doing the dunes. Lenny Clark spent a lot of time with us. Sure. Belzer did a weekend and didn't hang out, so he mm-hmm. was gone. You know, yeah, Sam's crazy. And uh, Steve Kravitz did one or two gigs. Oh, yeah, Kravitz. Uh, Jimmy Schubert did a few. What? Really? Oh, I'll tell you, he's an outlaw, but the, the true facts are yeah. we, uh, we got tired. You can't stay up every the last tour, we went out with three young comics. Sparky, remember Sparky? Yeah. Sparky, Schubert, and a guy named Jaselka. And each night, one of them could do five minutes, and they were our roadies. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally left, Jimmy took over until they beat it into the ground because by then Sam was screwing off yeah. shows. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've heard Sam described as both the best friend and worst friend you could ever have at the same time. Like he was like just all I could a say is like, like a true predator. Mm-hmm. You may think one thing's going on for several years, mm-hmm. and it's not what you think. Yeah, that's a true predator. They can mm-hmm. wait years to, and always playing people against each other. Wow, mm-hmm. is is that story? I I don't mean to be just, you know touching on uh, uncomfortable stuff, but is that story true that we've heard about him and Carl and Which the, story? the wife and the the kid and the whole Just thing. Tell the story. Is that story true? Do tell you know the story. story I'm talking about? The listeners don't know, so tell I the story. I know everything. Of course Steven, I know tell the story. Alright, so the story that I had yeah. heard. Well, it's out now because yeah. Carl discusses it. Yeah. Yes, the yeah, okay. baby right. Carl had with Christy is Sam's. Right. Wow. So there is a Kennison in the world kid. Well, the family pretends she doesn't exist, but yes. Is wow. she out there doing stand-up? Is she in the mix? No. 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 Hopefully she's not a troubled little girl because, you know, <laughs> right. confusing background. Mom was a little wacky dookie dookie. So. Do you see that, though? Do you run into people whose families were like, like Carlin, his daughter does stand up, right? Carl who? Car- no, Carlin. Carlin. George oh, yeah, Carlin's yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Richard Pryor's daughter does stand up. Well, she you know, does a yeah. show. Yeah. Rain's a talented lady. She does a show where she sings and discusses mm-hmm. and. That's uh, amusing, yeah. and I believe Lenny, Lenny's daughter is now out there. Okay, uh, yeah, 
and I think they all traveled together. Yeah, there's. A, I yeah. remember there was a tour of like the famous kids of them. Yeah, and Kitty, Bruce, Carlin, Rain, and a missing one. I think. Uh, it's not Camilla Cleese, is it? Because it's no. John Cleese's daughter. No, does. but she does stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the deal with um? What's the deal? What? What's that? What's the deal? What's the deal with babies? Um, when? <laughs> when uh, uh, I I had heard there's like rumors that I've heard, so I'm just trying to like I, I'm not trying to. Uh, you can't you know, believe the rumors I've heard. You can't. I'm sure you've I was heard at the store one night. And it, I guess the fellow that manages Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they were actually paying somebody to give a tour because he's really digging in. Right, yeah. Yeah. and he goes, and right here is where they had Uzis. And when they all left, I think he got offended when I went. You know who I am? Well, yeah. And I go, call me up, and I'll give you real stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, you're handing down rumors upon rumors. Yeah. Uzis. Yeah. yeah. If we had Uzis, there'd be a story that went, and then they went to jail. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? I I had heard that you had broke down the wall between the original room and the main room. That you helped knock the wall down during the construction. Well, first of the off, that room. original room was half the size. The main room was Art LeBeau's Mexican Disco. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. yeah. And upstairs hadn't been used since the 60s. So I did a lot of the upstairs walls. and Yeah. 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 I, I was very close with Mitzi Shore and the family. I love that. I think that's... Yeah. Well, everybody used to think I slept with her. And they go, well, you know, I go, she listens to me. Because I didn't sleep with her. Yeah. <laughs> that's how Schubert has his leg. Yeah. What? What does that mean? He limps. You never noticed? Yeah, of yeah. course. Well, he was in a motorcycle accident, and he was with Mitzi at the time. And I guess they were having a fight. And this is how I met him. He sat down next to me. He goes, uh, Biff and Tim Thomerson said you slept with her, and she listens to you. And I go, well, they slept with her, and you're sadly misinformed. <laughs> wow. Well, can I talk to you? you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, if, if I don't know you, I'm, I'm pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I usually only like comics, so... Yeah. He takes me out back and he goes, Yeah, I was in a motorcycle accident in the county on Friday. He's going to take my leg. And, uh, she won't give me the money. And I go, Are you the guy sleeping with her currently? Well, yeah. And I go, You must suck. <laughs> 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 you know, he doesn't want to hear my shit humor. Yeah. So I went upstairs and she's ignoring me. And finally I went, How angry can you be? Mind your own business. Mm-hmm. Seriously, leg angry? <laughs> I want you to think this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got him his check, and I went downstairs, and I go go upstairs and thank her. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's short memory, Schubert. Holy yeah. shit. All right, that, so that's a, that's a terrific one. Um, so how did you transition from being known Wait as a, a great second. Friend? I got one more. All what, right. How are we gonna, <laughs> I'm not done yet well, with this. Up. All right. You know, Argus Hamilton will tell you, I yeah. know where everybody's buried. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm really sure about that, too. Um, uh, I, had, I had heard that uh, Gallagher uh, did the watermelon at, on New Year's Eve as a closer, and then Mitzi was like, no, that's what you do from now on. That's what you do. That's your Well, thing. Gallagher that, doesn't strike me as a person that took advice. Really? I don't know him at all. Gallagher, I believe, first off, is more a philosopher than a comic. Forget Mm -hmm. the watermelon. Listen to what he says. Yeah. And uh, I think at the time it was a great hook. They'd come and cover themselves, the audience. Yeah. uh, But when he did that, you know. Like I remember well, and then a, everybody knew it should stay. Yeah, like I remember a Facts of Life episode where Gallagher guest starred and they all went. 
the whole all the girls went to go see Gallagher and they like covered up with yeah. plastic and stuff. Well, I uh, yeah, you know, she, listen. One time after a Vegas show, I'm in the green room and see I know her, and I did this in front of comics and I showed up and she came in and said, "I want you to wear a white suit, do jokes about great nuts." I mean, this is the note she'd get and something else. And I went, "Honey, why don't you hire the guy you're talking about?" Yeah, and she goes, "That's a great idea." And she walked out in the comics and we never saw anybody talk to her like that. Months later, I'm sitting next to her in the main room in the booth, and she elbows me and goes, they have to be afraid of me. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> wow. And it took me a year to get back into Vegas. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, was uh, What was Dice like during that time? Was when Did he did you know him when he transferred from being Silverstein to being mm-hmm. Silverstein? There was a few characters before Dice, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, bef- yeah. before Andrew went to become, before he became. He was a fine Dice. impressionist. He would do Jerry Lewis, Al Pacino, and when he did Travolta, the house would come down. Mm-hmm. Wow! He could he sang Grease Lightning and did the exact dance, and sounds just like him. And then he started to experiment and experiment because I remember one time he came in with some belt like, "Would you rob your mother's closet?" And there was different names, and then eventually he landed on Dice. And I don't know if you've seen him perform today, but it's unbelievably good. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. He's got it down. And, and, and you know, you reach a certain point where you don't have to try material. You yeah. just go out there. And, yeah. And that's where he's at. So it's fun. You know, we hang together a lot. And sometimes he'll say something that goes out in the act. It is now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, my favorite is uh, Mike Black, who is, uh, do you know Mike Black? Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's uh, our announcer uh, sometimes. Uh, and, uh he uh very very funny guy and um he was hanging out with dice at the store and uh dice was like uh you're very funny you're coming with me on tour right i like you you're very funny you're coming with me right so they go out on the road and they're in vegas and he turns to mike and he goes hey uh hey do me a favor fall down that flight of stairs over there (laughs) and mike is like that's that's a funny thing to say. And he goes, "No, come on, do it, do it. Hey, fall down that flight of stairs. Let everybody see what you do." And he's like, "I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that right now." And he goes, "Ah, you fucking guys, right?" A couple days later, they're at some other place. They're walking down a flight of stairs. He goes, "Hey, do the do the thing. Fall down this flight of stairs right here that we're walking down." And Mike's like. Why do you keep asking me to do this? And he's like, come on, just do what you do. Fucking fall down the stairs like you do. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and he goes, well, you're a stunt guy. Do the thing where you fall down the stairs. <laughs> and Mike goes, I'm not a stunt guy. And he goes, you're not? And he goes, no. And, and Dice goes, well, who the fuck are you? <laughs> he's like, I'm a comic at the store. And he's like, I thought you were that comic that, that falls down the stairs. That's why I thought I would take you on tour with me. Ah, whatever. That's fine. You're funny. He likes it's okay. to play act during yeah, the day. Just you know. ridiculous. Yeah, he's very, uh, man. We had an awkward uh, conversation one time where we were at the store, and I never met him, and I was very, very nervous. It's it was a really him. nice guy. It was him and Eleanor Kerrigan. We were sitting in the kitchen at the comedy store, and uh, Eleanor, which is gone now, but we were sitting there, and uh, Eleanor... Um, was talking with us and then she got up and walked away and it was just him and me left at the table and he turns and he goes uh, his, t- his phone buzzes and he goes this fucking bitch she's texting me here she's texting me there it's like fucking come in the room already and I go and I go yeah women and he goes you don't know shit 
<laughs> and I go, you know, you're right. I, I don't. Nice to meet you. And I just got up and walked away. And that was the last time we've ever spoken. Well, you know, the original oh, group God. of comics are a little abrasive, but they're really good guys. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course. But, you yeah. know, if they don't need to know you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, because you have so many people coming like Carl, in. I didn't know Carl LeBeau when they came mm-hmm. out here to do comedy. Seven months. And then one night he did it, and I said, why don't you tell me you do comedy? He goes, what's the difference? Go, Maybe I would have been nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> he couldn't stand me. He'd show up with Sam. i go, what's the hanger on her here for? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. Like, you know, I have friends that I only, I've been friends with for 10 years, but then I finally saw them do stand-up. Well, I'm not like, good oh, with day shit. walkers, yeah. regular people. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So uh, it, it, my friends are either musicians, writers, comics. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I collect artists. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, I get that. It's just, I don't relate to that, anything else, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Nor, uh, regular people are, are can be, it can be tricky to have conversations about stuff because, uh, and, and this kind of goes back to that Chris Rock, Chris Rock talked about it, but you got to be careful when you're talking to people that are, that have jobs and are not, uh, doing their careers like are not mm-hmm. going after a career like if well, you're talking some people to a- flat out just don't have dreams i get right. it yeah 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 but it's like uh, like i have a good friend i grew up with he's got a great sense of humor yeah uh i have no problems with him right mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah but then there's you know sometimes there's people you, you have to hang through other people when you're doing shows and it's like <laughs> I, I can't yeah, explain I it you yeah know? plus you don't want them to know what you're about yeah, yeah, you know it what I mean. Ruins it. Like I put the Outlaws together after 27 years, and we just did Vegas very successfully. <laughs> and I think the second or third night, Carl goes, "All right, all right, let's stop pretending. Let's do whatever we need to do to get through these shows." <laughs> Alan, you smoke your pot. Mitchell, you do your pills. I think I'm going to go to hard liquor. And we were just on the floor. Oh, that's <laughs> so the great! Floor. That's just that's on so the floor. Great. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. So now, okay. So you're there at the store throughout the 70s, the 80s hits, and you start to get some work in TV. Like, how did that transition oh, happen? Oh, I didn't or? get work in TV. I did exactly what I do now, and everybody mm-hmm. go, you have no act. How do we know when it's over? <laughs> God bless John Biner. Okay. He had a show. He let me do a lot. Mm-hmm. And then everybody said I was dirty, and I only say two words because I only say them in real life. Mm-hmm. And But then I was banned from the comedy store for saying fuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, I get a Rick D show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's everything it should be. It's like every five seconds, applause, laughter. Yeah. When I was done, he asked me to be the head writer of the show. And I went, all right, there, I did it. Now and everybody like shut up, because my dream was not to do Johnny Carson. Yeah. My dream was to sit in a lounge in Vegas forever, mm-hmm. like Rickles did and these guys. Yeah. But they eventually went away. Yeah. So I was just hanging in the wind because I didn't do the road 52 weeks a year like people did. I played mm-hmm. a handful of clubs. Whenever it was a new one, I'd wind up fighting with the owner. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> most people would kiss ass to come back. Yeah. You're not that guy. Like one guy one guy is uh, at least 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing behind him. He goes, oh, the headliner better introduce himself to me if he thinks he's going to get paid. <laughs> Who was this? This is the owner. I yeah. haven't even met him yet. But I'm behind him. So he turns, I turn. And he clearly knows something's going on behind him. Too fat. So he finally turns around and goes, Hi, I'm Alan, the headliner. Give me my check. (laughs) 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 So a couple nights later, I'm sitting at the bar, and he goes, "Uh, Listen, there's a special party here tonight. Who's going on? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes, you are. And I go, what you're paying me for the week is what I get for a special party. Yeah. You should have checked with me. What? Oh, amazing. And he, and he goes, so you're going to have to throw in another 500. He goes, well, I don't know if I'm going to do that. You're going to do that heckling shit you do? So I call over his bartender and I go, uh, stop serving Budweiser. And he looks at the guy and he goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, we're partners now, right? I won't heckle. You won't serve beer. <laughs> Sounds pretty stupid, doesn't it? Yeah. And he says, well, you know, you'll never work for me again. And I go, please, I'm crushed. How yeah. am oh I going to live? God. Now, seven months later, the Laugh Factory goes into the same town. Might have been Memphis. And he calls me up and he goes, yeah, I'll give you 7500 to come work. I go, it's not enough money. He goes, well, what would it take? I go, a different owner. (laughs) And I go, and and you're sitting down? He goes, yeah. I go, I'm opening the Laugh Factory. I intend to put you out of business in the next nine weeks. Bye. Wow. Mm -hmm. And did. Nice. Wow. But, uh, you know, another time I'm with Ron Schock, and I forget the other guy, in Amarillo. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it snowed. But it's freezing and there's no heat in the condo, no phone, no cable. So I get the cable put in like, um, you know, I do this to all clubs. I call the club and then I'm gone. <laughs> I get the phone in. So I say to him three nights in a row, there's no heat. I'll be over there. I'll be over there. So the first night I go on, I get off, I guess about quarter to 12. He goes, listen, we close at 11. I go, did anyone leave? There's no one. I go, so let me get this straight. <laughs> you don't want to make any money after 11. <laughs> just want to, that's right. Okay. So uh, Friday comes and I have my girlfriend there. And this is girlfriend at the time is very protective of me. And I go into his office and it's wall-to-wall VHS machines. Must be 40 of them. Mm-hmm. I go, what are you doing? Because I tape everybody's act. I go, for what? He goes, I make tapes, give them to my friends. I go, you know, that's against the law. I don't care. I go, I don't go on until they're off. And with that, I'm introduced. Yeah. And I go up and I just sit on the stool and stare (laughs) at them. Well, they don't know my act, so they're laughing. (laughs) And after about five minutes, I hear my girlfriend go, they're off, honey. And I go, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Whoa. So now, second show Saturday night, he comes up to me. You're not going to do that heckling shit you do. I go, what's the problem? The mayor's here. And my dad's a big deal in this town. His dad owns all the clubs that aren't mm-hmm. comedy. This is something he threw the kid to shut him up. And the kid's a moron. Yeah. Right. So I go, uh, all right. So I take the stage. and I just, somebody stepping mayor? <laughs> Shit. And I'm looking at the bottom of my shoes, and I mayor, mayor, mayor for a half hour. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I so come great. off stage. He's screaming at me in the office. There's a knock at the door. The mayor goes, I'm having a barbecue at the house tomorrow, and I'd really yeah. like you to be there. Yes, yes, come on. He leaves, and he goes, hey, you're taking me with you, right? I go, no. Yeah. And he yeah. goes, you know, I don't think I'll ever have you here again. I go, who's here next? He said, Sam Kennison. I go, who's after him? He said, Bo Mooney. I said, please treat them. The way you treated me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he eventually went out of business, too. Yeah. But here's the heat story. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, we're just sitting on the couch, and I just go up in the air and come down on his rented coffee table and throw it in the fireplace. <laughs> what? That's what Ron Schock said. Yeah. Now, you want to keep freezing? Not me. 
Yeah. I said, from now on, whatever wood here is going to get burnt until there's no furniture. (laughs) (laughs) And as luck would have it, he decides that's the day he's going to show up. And I got a roaring fire going. (laughs) And he goes, it's warm in here now. I go up. He goes, I started a fire. (laughs) And he's looking around, you know, and he knows something's not right. And he goes, well, you know, I have the guy come to fix the heater. He'll be here in an hour. And I go, that's cool because this isn't a prison gig. Yeah. You got to learn how to treat people. He goes, where's my coffee table? I go, making a fire. <laughs> when I tell you I'm cold, I'm cold. <laughs> so fucking great. You'll never have me. I'll never have you back. And I yeah. go, oh, let me get this straight. Yeah. I remember one time a guy calls me up, Visalia, California, 400 mm-hmm. for two nights. Well, on Thursday night, I call up the bar and I go, I'm not coming. And he goes, well, I advertise you. I go, I don't have one relative in Visalia. What a waste of money. <laughs> yeah. He goes, what's the matter? Uh, uh, two grand isn't good enough? I went, what? I go, I'm getting 400. He goes, I'll call you right back. <laughs> Next call I get is from the guy who booked it. I'll never book you again. He yeah. was giving this guy 2,500 or 2,800, mm-hmm. three grand to book the show. The guy was giving the, uh, he was, Booking it for six hundred and pocketing twenty four hundred. Yeah, you, you know who. So, you so know, he goes. Again, yeah. You'll never work for me again. I go. Let me get this straight. <laughs> you can't rip me off again, and I'm supposed to be upset by that. Yeah. And it's like John Fox, the guy who was king of San Francisco, had the contest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never liked me, but through a friend of his, I get booked, and the Hilton in Reno loves me, so he has to. They want me there all the time, so he has right. to pretend mm-hmm. I'm his client. So one day he calls me up. We're friendly now. And he goes, Alan, I want you in the competition. I go, I'm sorry. I don't believe any kind of art form should compete. I don't think, you know, Renoir went, yeah, hey, Van Gogh, get your best blue on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, I guarantee you'll be in the top five. And I go, well, John, call me back when I win. Hilarious. <laughs> went ape shit crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I... Uh, Listen, I've paid for what I've done, and I'll still do it. But we had a I, I'm not, we had a thing with a. Uh, I mean, I, I think you remember this. Were you yeah. around for that gig, or who was? Just with Dante? tell the story. Dante, People don't know what you're talking about. Dante, yeah. the, the the comic. Yeah. Dante um, was a doorman in La Jolla. I remember. I was a kid yeah. when I worked there. He uh, he got me a gig. It was him. It was me. I think Nodder and Miratori, maybe or, or by the way, something that like that guy just makes me laugh. Miratori? Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny, yeah. Very a funny, funny, funny motherfucker. Yeah. So we got this gig, and it was out in like Palmdale or Ridgecrest or something like this. Just those and, words uh, is enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the the job was, I I was headlining, so I was getting uh, 300 Miratori was getting 200 and I think Nodder was getting $100 to open. Mm-hmm. And we get up there. And the guy, we do our gig, and it's rowdy, you know, and, and it, but it's fun. We finish the gig. I go over to go get paid, and the guy pulls out two grand in cash, and he starts counting it out to put in the envelope. And I go, two grand? I was like, we're getting a total of uh, like five, 500 bucks? No, it was like five, uh, what? 600. 600. 600 bucks. Yeah, we're like, yeah. It's, yeah, sorry, my Canadian mouth. elementary school. Yeah, Canadian <laughs> elementary school. So we're like, we're getting 600 bucks. Where's the rest of the money going? And he's like, I don't know. Usually Dante takes the money and then he d- divides it up. And I was like, 
wait a second. He's walking away with fourteen hundred with, with fourteen hundred bucks, and we're like, and we drove out here, and he's not doing anything. Like he's not even like, there. Even t- taking half maybe is one thing, but like that much. So we called him. The three of us called him from a fucking gas station. To get a raise. We were like, we're never working for you again. We're never doing this, and we're going to tell everybody yeah. what a fucking shit show this is. And uh, he was so fucking pissed. <laughs> but he was like, just give me my fucking money, you know. And that was the, yeah. that was the end of it. That was like the end of our of us ever working with him again because it was like, and I the thing is is like I ended up going on and booking uh, uh, the MCRD the military recruitment depot and, uh, for the military in San Diego, and the budgets on those shows were two grand, and I would take about five hundred, and then I would spread the rest of it out through the, the through the rest of the, the the comics that were performing, you know, give like the opener like five hundred, and give someone else some money, and then give the headliner a thousand bucks, and everybody was. Well, you did the right thing. That's the, how you're supposed to do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. you don't take everything; you take a percentage of it. Yeah. You well, know, that was you the fun of having shows. You know? Yeah. Uh, did you know Stevie Moore? Of course. He calls me up and he goes, "Alan, I I need a gig. I'm going to lose my insurance. I go, I'll see you in an hour. What? It just so happens I have an opening for you. Shit. He comes into my office, green face with a turtle shell on his back, and he goes, thank you. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I, I told you I could use you today. Wow. <laughs> really? That's amazing. Well, some kind of yeah. dream sequence about the, the Grateful Dead, and I needed a turtle. Yeah. That was on Roseanne Great. or Arliss? That was Roseanne. Roseanne, yeah. Uh. So you did a lot of stand-up, and then you became friendly with Roseanne like at the store? Actually, or? no. I was in Denver, mm-hmm. and in those days, I go in a few days earlier and party with everybody. Okay. You know, I, that's one of the clubs I worked a lot, and I was mm-hmm. a big deal. Comedy there. works? In or? fact, it's the first club I ever had lined mm-hmm. outside of the comedy store. And no lie, it was in a jazz club called Basins Up across the street and upstairs from where they are. And I get done, mm-hmm. and I'm in the dressing room, and to make them laugh, they had some powder there, so I threw it in my face. They <laughs> opened the door, and I go, hey, I'm busy. <laughs> and they go, boy, they're going to love you next show. I go, how many have we sold? Two. I go, two. He goes, yeah, we don't flip the room, so it's going to be really full. I went, yeah. what? I go, I have one joke left. Yeah. Well, now you know why I do what I do. I yeah. did another hour and 10 minutes with that one joke, and they said to me when I'm done, another joke. And I go, swear to God, guys, <laughs> I just had lived the whole show. Yeah. And, wow. uh, that's my first headlining gig, and mm-hmm. I never looked back after that. I went right to headliner from the store. Amazing. And so I go in early, and on one amateur night, I'm there, and this woman in a moo-moo goes up, and her last joke was, a lot of people say I'm not feminine. Well, they can suck my dick. <laughs> and I went over the guy, and I go, I want her on the show with me. Yeah. We don't find her funny, and she's a pain in the ass. Listen, if we're going to discuss who does shit right, I could be here all night with you and how you run this club. Yeah. That's how it's going down. And Louie Anderson and I were their biggest acts. Mm-hmm. And then I took her on the road with me, and then Louie did. And eventually we talked her into coming here, took her to the comedy store, and that was pretty much it. Wow. So then... So then, got, you were, then you were like a part of her life. So then when it, it came time for her to do the show... She's family to me. Yeah. Whether, yeah. whether we're angry at each other, it's like family. So I've known her since, geez, 83 or 4. Yeah. At what point in the run of Roseanne did you join into the... Well, Tom Arnold didn't like me. Mm-hmm. So there was five years there where I didn't speak to her. Yeah. And then of all people, he called me. <laughs> wow. He, well, he figured if I came back, she'd come back. Mm-hmm. 
believe me. Huh. And he put, made me a guest star in his show. He wanted 14 Roseanne ideas. And I know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, either way, I thank him for the break. And uh, they didn't get back together. He said, I told Roseanne. And she called me about a month later. I had done a talk show. That's what made Tom Arnold call me where I defended them. Yeah. And she goes, you're on TV talking about me, blah, 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 blah. You should watch the episode. I, you know, I defended you in that idiot. Yeah. I miss you. Would you write my act? <laughs> I swear I'm a little broke. Next day, check arrived at my door. Wow. And then she said, why don't you come over to the lot and secretly punch up my, my scripts? So to do it, she made me her assistant. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah. I was really writing everything. Yeah. Wow. So when Roseanne started, like she was in town. So for I, I think I did the last four years to answer your question. Okay. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, so to go back to the beginning of Roseanne, like that became a monster hit right out of the gate. And you were there from the very beginning of the show. Is that right? No. 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 I was there when it was called Life and Stuff. And I remember sitting in her house and they had just fired mm-hmm. Valerie Harper from the okay. show but it wasn't called Valerie Harper. And I said, get it in your name. They can't get rid of you. So they, they put together this sitcom. Then she gets with Tom Arnold. And, uh, so I, so they put together a sitcom. Well, it was, was based the, on something she did on an HBO special okay. where right. I was supposed to play her husband, but I had to do a gig. So. That was the stuff she did with Rodney? No, on the Uncomedian special? Own H- okay, her own, own, own special. Own special, special yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she had been opening for celebrities and the, the Tonight Shows mm-hmm. were big hits for her. She had a very funny pizza commercial running. And so Carsey Warner was looking to, you know, get things with uh, comedians. So right time, right place. Amazing. And uh, the guy who created the show didn't get along with her and would yeah. say things like, Roseanne wouldn't say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're talking to Roseanne. Yeah. Some of these showrunners I don't get. So she replaced yeah. him as soon as it was a hit, mm-hmm. which was the 13th show. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what was Carsey Warner like? Those, what were they interesting? Met him once or twice. Mostly I dealt with the guy who was in charge of all their shows, Courtney Conte, lovely man. Mm -hmm. The other two, I don't know. So that show goes along. (laughs) Not going the different way. No, 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 no. I get you. I get you. So that show's going along. You're there for a couple years (laughs) near the beginning, and then Tom Arnold comes in. You're out. You come back at the end. Now, there were some changes that happened to that show, especially in casting. Like there was a second actress who played Becky, the daughter. Right. What was that like when you Sarah came back? Chalk. Was it was Sarah Chalk? There was or a was small problem, and she, uh, let's just say, left to go to school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so that's why they had to replace. Yeah. So now you are currently. Uh, well, there is a Roseanne show that's coming back. Reboot. That, they call reboot. It. Will you be involved with that? Do you know at this point, or likely? Don't know. We'll see what direction. It <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm yeah. usually the guy. Okay. I'm like the doctor. Yeah. I'm usually the guy that comes in and makes it happen. Yeah. I yeah. get everybody on the same page, one way or the other. I yeah. like that. It's oh, <laughs> so great, man. It's so great. Do you uh, do you see a lot of that? Is do you like do you doctor a lot? Do you do they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to do it a whole lot, but uh, the comedians like to have me because I'm a comic, mm-hmm. and I only think about the comic. Right. Yeah. You know, like a bad example is if the Roseanne has a bad leg, they make the offices upstairs. That wouldn't have happened on my watch. Right. I would say we need an office downstairs. But I'm, uh, I micromanage everything. 
And uh, mm-hmm. I have a shorthand with her. I have a shorthand with Dice. So, you know, somebody like Roseanne might say, I want to be Tony Soprano. I mean, she wants to be a big fish in a little pond where somebody else will go. She's crazy. Right. Same with Dice. I have a shorthand with them because I'm a comic. And I'm also smart enough to know they're playing themselves. What am I going to tell them? Yeah. Roseanne wouldn't say that. (laughs) Dice wouldn't do that. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? And, And showrunners, some of them are paid ridiculous amounts of money and they personally feel they're the show. Right. And that's where the trouble starts. Yeah. No matter who you are, uh, when you try to get a show up, like uh, Brad Garrett, uh, uh, even Roseanne, if you're trying to get a show up, they'll put you with the showrunner that'll completely change everything to where mm-hmm. you don't want to do it. Yeah. Right. And the network will go, isn't it great? No, no. Now, you mentioned, uh, I think it was before they were on the air, but uh, a story about Margaret Cho, where that had happened. Well, Margaret Cho, when she was discovered, had a sitcom I thought wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. And the network actually said, you know, you got to lose weight. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I think I told you, it's like yeah. when you get married and the person tries to change you. <laughs> Here they go. She's brilliantly funny. Let's change her. <laughs> right. And I, I think that's so out of line. It's yeah. so disrespectful. But that's what you listen. I went out with Ralphie May in the beginning when he was hot to pitch a show. Mm-hmm. I forget what network, but the woman goes, can I talk to you in the hallway? I go, yeah, she goes, Alan, nobody wants to see fat people kissing. And I go, you are aware I'm Alan Stephen from Roseanne. (laughs) And I will also tell you my pitch didn't even come close to saying that. So is this something personal? Because I'm done talking to you. We went in and I just said, let's leave. Wow. That's you know that's listen. Uh, these are, these people are so out of line. I had a deal. People one said time. the same shit with Mike and Molly. I had when a Mike deal and one time started. with Sony. Yeah, no. And the guy goes, "Can I ask you something?" That's the opening question. I should travel with an attorney. I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. He goes, "What's she listen to you for? Because she sleep with her?" No, <laughs> that's so out of line yeah. on an interview. And I went, "No, she's my friend. What the hell's wrong with you?" Yeah, you know. And these guys don't expect any flack. Mm-hmm. And, and again, they don't know it. Listen, Eric Tannenbaum's a great guy, great producer. We were out, and we're waiting in the lobby of maybe ABC, and I can't remember his name, Van something, but he talks to the dead. You know, like so John I'm, Edwards or one of those? Yeah, okay. only he was the original guy at the okay. show. So he's getting his parking validated, and we make on t- eye contact, and he goes, hey, say hello to my father for me. <laughs> and he goes, we'll do. <laughs> and he leaves, and he goes, you know him? I go, no, he talks to yeah. the dead. My father's dead. Mm-hmm. Right. And Eric's looking at me like, this guy's all right. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, You know, because yeah, yeah. they don't yeah. be funny in the room. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't get they anything. Don't. Yeah. yeah exactly. This isn't you putting on an act to do this. This is and you. And some are crazy. I remember yeah. I had a show with Judge Reinhold, and we're pitching at USA. Mm-hmm. And the guy literally gets up and starts pitching it to He's so excited. <laughs> and when he's done, I stand up and I go, I'm in. I'm buying that. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody starts laughing. He goes, me too. So I leave there thinking I have a show. He gets fired the next day. Oh Obviously, he was a repeated God. idiot. Yeah. So but, you know, some of these guys are just afraid to make decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the worst is sometimes you get people that, you know, from the network that correct, give you notes. Yeah. And the notes are like, What's her background? So when I take over on Roseanne, the note lady said, oh, I, I wanted to be a journalist. So I know she's not even a writer. Yeah. And I don't know anything about this. But I ain't telling Roseanne 
Everyone changes. At HBO, I'd throw them in the trash can. Yeah. Right. So uh, I didn't say anything, and I realized it's Monday. By Thursday, if she had 10 notes, nine come out in the wash in the natural process. Yeah. Right. So I call her up, and I go, Roseanne, and I want to thank you. What? I was told you people are nuts. and just You don't like executives, and you're not cooperating. I go, well, that was from other people. Yeah. I said, I, I run a different show. I don't know what you're talking about. In fact, why don't you come to one? Well, all execs are banned from that show for years. I go, I don't know where you heard that. <laughs> and this is how good Roseanne is. The show's over. And I said, as we walk out, thank that lady. How an exec get in here? Not even <laughs> a breath. <Yeah. laughs> so I told her the story afterwards. I go, they think I addressed the notes. Never addressed one. Yeah. Wow. And then one week she gets a little pushy and goes, well, I think. And I go, you know what? You've been winning. Yeah. yeah. It's called compromise. Helps you get her oh, on your back. Oh, genius. Yeah. That's so, so smart. So anybody that had a problem with us, I corrected. Mm -hmm. Because uh, some showrunners made it them against her. It's yeah. Do you, so ever find that, like, yeah. do you ever find that in the creation of like shows and, and things of that nature that executives just don't know what they're they're talking about? They're people with business degrees? Or have you ever met a good executive? Uh, yes. I, I believe Chris Albrecht was terrific at can can we just applaud Robbie for a good question? Yes. Good. <laughs> you did it. You did it. You did it, Robbie. <laughs> wow, you know, man. It wasn't a story about falling off a chair while jacking off and come you getting guys, in your eye. You eyes. guys oh tell God. me to tell these stories. I really thought you, you were going to ask about, you know, like punching uh, Roseanne in the vagina. Or something. I really <laughs> thought you were going to go for that. Oh, but. wow. Hey, wow. <laughs> Have you ever punched Roseanne in the vagina? I will tell you yeah. a funny punching story, though. Okay. Please, please do. Uh, the Oyster House in Studio yep. City. Have you ever been there? Of course, yeah. yeah. Roseanne and I go in there one night, and uh, the old woman there has something with her throat, talks like this. Mm -hmm. Puts down the menus, looks up at Roseanne and goes, I'm not going to have a problem with you, am I? <laughs> and she walks away and I go, what's she talking about? Roseanne goes, I beat up George Clooney in here 15 years ago. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> 15 years ago? Oh, the woman goes, I'm not going to have a problem with you, am I? Oh, my God. Obviously, it's amazing. Stuck. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking incredible. And Clooney <laughs> sort of got his start on Roseanne. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something about Mr. George Clooney. Uh, he was the king of pilots. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at him. And and when he was younger, it was a young cute. Now he's, to me, uh, Cary Grant handsome. Yes. And a very intelligent man. I love what he's done with his career. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was on there, but mostly it was the hospital show. Yeah. ER. ER. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, but I'm like, because I, I watch Roseanne, it's on one of the channels that I watch. TV Land, CMT, and Logo. Can it's I, on, I, uh, uh, they call it Laugh. 7-3. I don't know what the channel is, but it's on 7.3 digital. And I watch it on there all the time. But Can you uh, shed any light onto the 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 decision on Roseanne for her to become a millionaire on the show? Like become mm -hmm. a, a win the lottery. Okay. Can you shed any light on on the yeah. on that choice? Yeah. Somehow John Goodman in the last year made a deal to do 9 shows. Mm -hmm. Uh the kids are in college. Yeah. So for me to juggle a real ending, I would have to wonder where John is anyway, yeah. where the kids are anyway. And the idea that last year, which they teach in some colleges now, the idea that last year is what happens when people get money that are poor. And some are broader than others, and some are right on the money. And 
about, and they believe me, they didn't want to do it. Tom Warner goes, I think she should become a comedian. That's my idea. And I go, Tom, I told you that two years ago. And he starts screaming, I don't care whose idea it is. You make it happen. <laughs> yeah. oh, believe me, I'll tell her we talked. And she said, I want to win the lottery. And I said, well, it's your show. Mm-hmm. And about second or third in, this is how brilliant she is. She goes, oh, this is a dream. I'm dead. <laughs> and she goes, they build a writer's room for me in the second season, Alan. Find it and do something. Mm-hmm. And that's when it became a book. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, of course. And at the end, she comes up the stairs, and it's the same house, same everything. Yeah. Yeah. I remember... And I dare you to get through the end without crying. Oh, yeah. that last episode is... And let me tell you about last episodes. To put this to rest for all critics, especially those that do it professionally, which yeah. I'm not understanding mm-hmm. what that job is. They get paid to hate. But the idea is... Uh, Everybody has preconceived. When you read a book and see a movie, you're disappointed. It's the same thing with endings. No matter how you mm-hmm. end it, most of the people are going to hate it because right. it's not the way they see it. Mm-hmm. And there you go. But now, now it's it's hailed. Yeah. Except by some critics and the yeah. assholes that are probably doing it now. Yeah. I remember uh, one thing that was brilliant near the end, and I don't know if it was the, it was like one of the last episodes, but you did a bit with DJ. Where he was like, I want my chance to win an Emmy, and he gives we like this long a speech. Tag. He came out as Moses with the Ten yeah, Commandments. Yeah, that sticks with me as one of the funniest things I've seen, like For in my entire life. Like I remember that I was Michael like, Fishman, and he yeah, comes out as brilliant. Moses. Yeah, and the hair is blowing, and he does his whole speech with the Ten Commandments. So yeah. funny. He's like, I haven't had my chance to win an Emmy. And it was, it was. Well, brilliant. sometimes we yeah. had fun. I remember one of them. The show wasn't that clear. Long story, but at the end, Roseanne's in her robe, and I had talked to a real audience member, and I put myself in the audience, and she takes questions. She goes, yes, sir. I go, what was this show about? And she explains it. She goes, you look familiar. I go, I'm one of the writers. She goes, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) And then a real audience member raises her hand and says, could you do your famous Tarzan call? (laughs) And she does Tarzan, and that's the end of the show, like she was Carol Burnett. But, you know, sometimes you get to have fun on it. I remember one time. You guys guys did Gilligan's Island, too. Well. Mm -hmm. Did she do like a Gilligan's Island? Before I married my wife, she went with the guy's son. And I have a Sherwood Schwartz. Yeah. So I happened to be a fan, and uh, he was actually there. Lloyd Schwartz, who was a uh, guest on our show last Sherwood? year. Uh, we had Lloyd. We had Lloyd on the show. He's his son, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there was some feelings. Yeah. He had some feelings on the show. <laughs> they all do. Yeah. There's a couple more. Yeah. Sabrina went with one of them. Anyway, uh, yeah, we did that. But there was one where we had a voiceover guy off stage. He's a truck driver. She and Jackie are driving next to him. They mm-hmm. get into words. She calls me over. She goes, I think this guy's afraid of me. I said, nobody wants to yell at you. Let me do it. Mm-hmm. And I go, let's just curse our ass off. <laughs> and we got a great censor uh, guy. Mm-hmm. But we don't tell him what we're doing. <laughs> oh, Wow. So she starts in the front, yeah, fuck you, fuck you. And we forgot to tell Laurie Metcalf, who just starts honking the horn and going, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and he oh. comes running, and the audience can't even sit down. They're, they, yeah. What the hell just happened? Yeah. Oh, my God. And he God. comes out, and he goes, you can't do that. And they go, fine, we do it again. But I used that one and just bleeped. Yeah. But another time, DJ is uh, taking trombone because he wants to sit next to the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. 
And he's holding the trombone. I went over and I cleaned the valve. Hold it like this and let the air out of that. <laughs> Normally it's like this, yeah. but what's he know? So we do the scene and I see him coming down. And I say to Roseanne, here he comes. And he comes over and he says, I know what you're doing. I go, what, what are we doing? He cannot do it. He, I go, you sick son of a bitch. <laughs> He's cleaning the valve. How'd you get jerking off out of there? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so sometimes you just had yeah. a... Just uh, really have some fun. Had it full of them. Yeah. Now, it. you've also worked a lot with Robert Wool. 27 years. And uh, um, you did a special with him on HBO that was Assume the Position. Were you were you on that one with him? Or? I created that. Now, that the one. The first one. I walked yeah. after that. Now, that was really unique as a comedy special in that it was him lecturing the students. Well, ha- what made it unique is we shot it by, with the Pennybackers, who mm-hmm. were award-winning documentary bankers. Because we were okay. up for a Writers Guild Award and Best Documentary. Really? Unfortunately, okay. we're against Gary Sinise and every Vietnam vet oh. <laughs> and uh, some Jews, yeah. uh, you know, in Germany. Yeah. So sure. uh, we were a shoo-in. Yeah. Perfect. And I think they got rid of the category after yeah. us. But uh, So how it, did that come about, like, I'm to make something you, in that? Robert genre, wanted yeah. to do something at HBO, mm-hmm. and you have to know how to work with Robert. Everything has to be his idea. Mm-hmm. And I know he did a history show 25 years ago that ABC did. So it's somewhere along the line, you know, I play dumb. Yeah, maybe we should do Hitty. You know? <laughs> and he comes in the next day and he says, yeah, I'm going to send that thing out. From t- I said, from 25 years ago. you got to be new. Why would why you show him that? I'm dancing around the fact that it sucked. Mm-hmm. And then his agent, his manager tells him the same thing. He never listens to me. And then he goes on vacation. And I'm sitting home one night and I go, I know they lie in school. And it just comes to me, where'd the finger come from? And I start doing research. And I, there was two places I could have picked, ancient Greece mm-hmm. or the one that made sense to me. And I sent him that. And then I sent him a few other bizarre facts. And then I said, this is the idea. And wow. I didn't think it would work live. We started doing it in clubs. And, and then HBO said, well, we don't really get it. Go to Aspen. And mm-hmm. At Aspen, you couldn't get in. Norman Lear wanted to take it to Broadway. It just struck a chord with everybody. And, of course, it spawned Drunken History and yeah. seven other shows, which we never get credit for. Yeah. And uh, the first one was very, very good. Wow. Second one. Not quite. He yeah. made the mistake of insulting me, and he had to do it by himself. <laughs> That's why it's not a series. Shit. <laughs> yeah. My God. Stop working with him after 27 years. Wow. You know, I don't mind who you directed at, but don't direct it at the guy that got you there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See, Alan's a guy that you want on your team. You don't want Alan not on your team. <laughs> yes, 100%. I agree. I will tell you I'm very loyal and very committed, yeah. but then I have my, you know, listen, it's not like he didn't piss me off before. Yeah. But well, let me ask you, you have to separate the talent from the person. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Something, uh, this is a more personal thing about our show, but um, we've we've been doing the show now what how many years this one or the late night the well uh, we've been doing the, the i guess a combination of the two for the live one is a little over 2 years a little over 2 years yeah. wow has it been 2 years yeah yeah wow. and we've we've uh, played around a lot with trying to figure out what's the best possible move or where we should go 
Um, we had a meeting with a big YouTube company that has 380,000 subscribers to it. That's a hit today. And they're a big, yeah. that's a big deal. And there was some interest in us taking the show there and doing a four week test run there, but for little to no money, basically. And would you own the show? That we'd have to, to yeah. be able to do that, right? And, and put a deadline on it. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, well, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> Use them as your pilot. Yeah. yeah. To take elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is something that maybe we should talk about off the air. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, Probably. Yeah, let's negotiate this deal. Let's do you come have, with our negotiations. Do you have sponsors? <laughs> um, we have people that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and and like you know for you know example like I'm uh you know uh, like we you know we we've talked we've talked to some we've talked to some throughout the show. Um, There's so many places today. Yeah. I can't see this not working. Well, because mm-hmm. I, I was just telling them that show you did last week or the week before. It's a killer lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else oh, is yeah, on Defies the Girl I Like? Well, the, on the uh, 26th, August on the 26th, 26th we, have, we have Fortune Feimster, who's amazing. Maybe this is the one I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We have Tiffany Haddish. Uh, I know who, Tiffany since she's a kid. Yeah, her, yeah. her movie just made $80 million, which is outrageous, right? Uh, we, have, we have Andrew Santino, who's mm-hmm. the star of I'm Dying Up Here. Mm-hmm. We have um, Ron Funches, yep. who was on Undateable and then... Uh, yeah, the on uh, powerless on NBC. Or we have CBS, Mike O'Connell. Right? Mike O'Connell, who's worked with Dr. Ken for years and years, and he's a very yeah, funny guy. Very funny. He's closing, Brilliant. and then yeah. uh, and then we have Ian Abramson, who's yeah, like I thought a it really was a good line. Yeah. Alternative comic, yeah. and it was a fun show to do. Yeah, and you were me, so I don't know what, how you're looking to do it, but I would keep the essence of what you have. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we're looking to do. I think we're just trying to figure out what the maybe what the best possible move is you know yeah. or what a what a move is you know because mm-hmm. i think we all want to keep doing the show and well who's handling you these days uh i'm at generate do they know about this yeah yeah well, yeah and tell them to figure friends. it out yeah they are they are earn your they money trying to figure out yeah. Too. yeah i'm sure they're great they've been very you still with david pierce yeah Good. of course yeah Good. he's terrific too um but you know alan like uh, we got to wrap things up but getting a a chance to every time we get a chance to sit down and, and chat, and we're lucky enough that we know you. We actually get to like hang well, out. I and enjoy see you because in the early days you were very sweet with your questions, no. and then you introduced me to your sister oh, yeah. <laughs> when she was out here, and, yeah. and it, it, you were, I could see you were trying to yeah. absorb, and that's the way you move. That's the only yeah. way to Otherwise, do it. Otherwise, you know. Yeah, we were lucky enough to be doing comedy at a bowling alley where Alan would show up every once oh, in a while. My God. And uh, we got to meet a lot of great people there. But, I mean, yes. Alan is sort of. Uh, you know, I you do that never... at a place called the Springbok now. Yeah. I just find these little holes. And sometimes, I think the last time I went on, I just railed the guy. who I said, stop calling just me Billy. in the morning because yeah. I say yes. Yeah. And yeah. that was the whole set. Yeah. But it's, uh, I remember like. You Robbie almost, did the Springbok yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah. Like you would almost never yeah. perform. You would just sit there. And we were like, we were always told like, Alan's great, Alan's great. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. He seems like he's he's been very gracious to us. He's told us lots of cool stories. But I was like, when am I going to finally get to see this guy do a, a set? And when you finally did, I was like, that's the funniest set I've ever seen in my entire life. And, like I was blown away. that's not what I do. Yeah, and it was just you just talking. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. And but when, when you, you see it 
in an hour presentation. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a whole different, the energy's different. I don't sit yeah. on a stool, mm-hmm. and I can remember everybody I talk to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, what I do now is I try to come off, and the first thing I say is I did two jokes. Yeah. An hour and ten minutes, I did two yeah. jokes. I remember yeah. Uh, yeah. you told a great story about following Charles Fleischer at the store one night. And he's doing his Charles Fleischer thing where he's bouncing around and he's right. like the most energetic human being ever. And then he sings a song about everybody he talked to during the whole show and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, I think the story you told was you walked out, sit down on the stool, pulled out a cigarette, and you asked somebody in the audience like, hey, how much money did you pay to get in here tonight? And like $15. It wasn't him. It was Stephen. He has three names. Okay. Stephen something, 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 a black guy. Okay. And uh, this guy thinks he's at Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he's going to give you the full 45 no matter what that six minutes says. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And I'm backstage one night, and I go, is he dancing? <laughs> what? what the <laughs> hell? And he's sweating, and they're loving him, and I drag the stool out with yeah. no energy whatsoever. Yeah. And I sit down, and I go, my God, how about another round of applause? <laughs> this man left out nothing. Yeah. Let me show you what 50 bucks looks like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hysterical. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah. But it's 50 bucks. I just love that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, so what this, that's what you're getting. That's yeah. what you're getting tonight. I always liked uh, at the Friars Club in Beverly Hills, the mm-hmm. one time Jim Norton performed, he had to follow Rocky... Uh, Latul? No, Laporte? no, no. Laporte? Rocky. No, no, who was the Rusty, Rusty Dooley. Oh, Rusty Dooley. The okay. prop comic. Yeah. And so he goes, he goes, what are you doing, fucking prop comedy? I have to follow this? And he goes, yeah, I mean, but I do, I, I do like a, you know, movie themed like props and stuff. And he goes, he goes, oh, you're going to ruin the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. First time I get to perform at this club and it's ruined by a fucking prop comic and he's saying it to the guy. Yeah. And Rusty's just like the nicest guy and he's like, well, like, I'm going to try my, I'm just going to do this one bit and it's going to be, and he was like, he was like, ah, motherfucker, this fucking show's already ruined. Ah, great. Yeah. Was, well, you oh, know the real stand ups can't handle Right. Yeah. yeah no way. Uh, he's famous now. I want to say Odenkirk. Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Works with me. I'll tell you the year it was because Ghostbusters came out. I remember picking up the girl to mm-hmm. take her there. And we're staying in a condo in San Jose. And, you know, just do your job. It's not a competition. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm in the jacuzzi with the girl, and he comes over. He goes, yeah, trouble follow me tonight, huh? <laughs> and I'm what? in my head. I'm going, this guy seemed like a nice guy. What the yeah. Well, the next day I go there, and I have a cocktail. And I say to the bartender, you don't see me, do you? <laughs> he goes, no, if you say so. And I go up. And he's very spontaneous, but he knows where everything is and makes it look spontaneous. Right. I, I move everything around. Right. Then he closes with fake arms and he pulls strings and they dance. <laughs> I tied the strings together. <laughs> oh, shit. Now he comes home and I, it seems like he had a little problem tonight with his spontaneity. <laughs> spontaneity. <laughs> you know, all I need is a mic. <laughs> oh, Don't tell me how great you are. <laughs> Yeah. But oh, another time, I, I was in uh, 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 Arizona, and the guy says, want to go to lunch? I just got into the condo, and I see he's got a guitar. That's like props to me. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting having lunch. He goes, you know, I bury my headliners. I go, well, I'm sure you do. 
And then he says it again. I go, is there something you're trying to tell me? Yeah. I go, here's the deal. If I can't follow you, you can have my check. If not, I get yours. <laughs> well, how long can I do? I go, do a day and a half. I don't care what you do. <laughs> so at that point, I had been sitting down for like three years. Yeah. And the guy who books it knows me, and he comes in. He goes, are you out of your mind? This guy's gray. I go, maybe I'll have to stand up. <laughs> he gets applause. Does 50 minutes, I think. He comes in with a big smile on his face. And I look at Paul, Paul Hop it was, and Paul Hop looks at me and goes, you're in trouble. And I took that stool and I moved it away. Fifty minutes later, I get a standing ovation. And I come in and I go, checks, Paul. <laughs> and I put it in my pocket. And now I got Mr. Depressed all week. Yeah. So Saturday night, like they all do, I love when they all fall. You know, you really are a funny guy. I go, here's your check. Just worry about being funny. Yeah. yeah, not beating down the next guy. Yeah, it's not a competition. Well, to me, it, it's you're a gunfighter. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, you ever see the movie Gunfighter? Gregory yeah. Peck. Sure. Sooner or later, somebody's going to shoot you. Yeah. yeah. But right now, I happen to be the fastest guns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's all. And I learned that. You know, I looked up to Jay Leno. I remember his first special. And this is weird. Sometimes you create jokes that go mm -hmm. out of your universe. Sure. And years ago, Mr. T was in the audience, and I wore a lot of jewelry. And blah, blah, blah. I went back and forth, back and forth. Finally, I said, eh, I got a Mr. T starter kit. Mm -hmm. Well, it became a mainstay in my act. Went around the country. Time magazine printed it under somebody else's. Now, I couldn't even mm -hmm. do it. People go, that's yeah. not your joke. So uh, uh, Leno's first special, and he's not an audience guy, mm -hmm. steps off the stage. A guy has a chain you can barely see. He goes, ah, Mr. T starter kit. I'm sitting with two comics. They go, are you going to say something to Jay? I go, no. I said, I think differently than you people. I just yeah. realized I'm a faster gun. Yeah. yeah. So that's all. That, I look that's... at it like a gunslinger. Sooner mm -hmm. or all. And I don't know when that'll be. Because we just did a show, like Carl LeBeau and I with the Outlaws. And it's on a whole different plateau. Because mm -hmm. we force each other to go places. Yeah. And then we come out and. 25 minutes together off the top of our heads right. mm -hmm. and it's so damn powerful and uh, all of a sudden I, I got a call over the weekend from my agent somebody wants to manage this somebody wants to do it as a special so I'm not sure what I'm doing these mm -hmm. days I might just ride comedy yeah. stand up for a little while where I can control my own destiny yeah and don't have to yell at people and now that. uh you are still around a lot in the L.A. comedy scene. You, you show up from time to time in places like you're still around. Who do you see out there now that, because you've seen everyone, who do you see out there now that you're watching and you're like, that's going to be somebody we should watch? There's this kid I haven't seen in a while out of Arizona named Tristan. Mm -hmm. Let's see where he goes. But the people that make me laugh are Adam Richman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, his material comes from a different slant. Mike Moratori, I love because he's dangerous. <laughs> and you never know what's going to come in out of his mouth. That's but true. as far as new ones, I've been terribly disappointed. Mm -hmm. I actually saw a girl a few months ago that was very good. This is actually a year ago. And I said, I'd like to do a sitcom with you. And she made every excuse. She's her own worst enemy. And mm -hmm. I lost interest. But uh, there was a girl on a few months ago. Seven minutes, not a laugh. And she says, well, I'm filming my special this weekend in Venice. <laughs> it's delusional today. The yeah. specials mean nothing. Yeah. Right. Anybody, you got a camera, you can shoot it. You got a phone, you got a special. 
uh, even the meaning of what they wear is gone, mm-hmm. even when the good guys do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so to me, it's the usual suspects that are doing well. The Chappelle makes me laugh. I think Bill Burr. And as far as the young ones, I'm just so disappointed. Some of them will talk for 20 minutes and, and no not wonder lines. why you're not hanging on every boring word. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, like going to lunch and getting Starbucks was supposed to be funny in some way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, these days everybody wants an, an easy nobody way wants to the top. To, nobody wants, no one to, wants to learn to their craft at yeah, all. No, 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 no. I've had at so all. many f- comics that I've run into that are like, well, how do you get to perform at the improv? Or how do you get to perform at the comedy store? And you're like, well, you, you got to perform at the shitholes. Like, you got to do stand-up. Have you found this? At a 7-Eleven. I'm a headliner. Yeah. 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 At little bars across the country. Mm-hmm. That doesn't count. Or, oh, I play the comedy store. No, you don't. Somebody yeah. booked the room. You bought yeah. five people, and right. they let you yeah, on. You did a bringer room in the belly. Yeah. In the belly I'll tell you what's yeah. funny about the comedy store. I was here at Dice a couple months ago. Out back, it's a smoking lounge now. Yeah, that used to be where I hid. Right. <laughs> I remember when they did a big party for Pryor in the main room, and I can't do impressions. But the guy next to me says, uh, "You, Alan?" I go, yeah, he goes, "They told me you know where I can go to smoke away." I go right this way, Mister Nicholson. <laughs> Shit. So I know all the hiding places. Yeah. Now they're a lounge. Yeah. They're well lit. It's yeah. hysterical, but you got to go back there with every moron that thinks they're in show business. Oh, God. Takes your high away. <sighs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the worst. You know what I, you know, you know who said, uh, yeah, I, I know we got to wrap up. You know who Either said that? Either that or somebody's going in from the sidelines. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> Give them hands. A lot of signals time. for a yeah. podcast. <laughs> we, uh, we heard, uh, I, I heard this uh, a couple months ago, and, and it, I find someone finally said it to me. Um, Ed Bagley Jr. You know Ed Bagley Jr. I think he's a nice man. Such a sweet guy. He, uh, I had, I had always heard people like actors or people go, "Oh no, no, I'm offer only. I'm offer only now." Like they don't audition anymore. They just it's offer only. And then I, I mentioned to him something about that, and he was like, "You're only." Offer only if they offer it to you. <laughs> you don't get to make that choice. Like that's yeah. not a thing. And and I was like, it, which sounds so obvious, but as an actor who's been around, I've I hear people say that very often, and that's something that people really. Well, have also, to, some people are mismanaged. I know a comic, yeah. and one night I said to him, "Who's managing you?" Because he was on a TV show. Funny guy. And he tells me, and I call the guy up, and I go, why isn't he out more? Well, he only, it's offer only. I go, yeah, when he was on TV, that's yeah. six, seven years ago. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. got to look him in the face and say, duh, no. Yeah. And I finally went to him, and I go, what do you think you are? Yeah. yeah. You weren't the star of a show, you were on a show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? It's yeah. offer only, and here's what happens in show business be the most famous person in the world at some point they'll go she's casting yeah like Carol Burnett she's casting yeah and yeah. you go what still yeah yeah uh, so it's just uh, amazing how the they look at things yeah exactly you know you go from uh, working actors you know get her get her and then it's like the old joke get the one that looks like her get somebody mm-hmm. that sounds like her yeah and then before you know it the her but a lot of times I find agents and managers aren't up front. 
Yeah. And I have a problem with what? that. What? Yeah. 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 yeah no, that's what do you right. mean I turned it down? I never even got a call. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, offer only seems to be, you know, uh, Tom Cruise. Right. Yeah. I get it. Sure. I get it. He's not coming in the audition. I to get read it. for stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, if you're a guy that, you know. Yeah. It should say, uh, please call 24 hours available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm available always. You know, Put your actor, number in a bathroom me, stall. Acting or stand up is your journeyman. You just work. I don't yeah. care what the gig is. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, where can people on the internet find you if they want to find you? Well, or, I'm on or, Facebook sometimes, but yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. However, I will be in Atlantic City with the Outlaws of Comedy, I think, in April with the Borgata. Mm-hmm. Great. Then oh, we have a Borgata. lot of dates coming up, but I just don't know what they are. Is yet. there somewhere they can go to find out more info about the Outlaws, like when they'll be coming to town? Or Well, I, I post it as okay. it happens. Basically. All right. Well, if you can, go on Facebook and uh, look up Alan Steven, and mm-hmm. you'll, uh, you'll f- send him friend requests or just follow him on there. I think you can just follow people now. So that's that the way. best way because yeah, that's the best. sometimes I friend people, and all of a sudden they how the whore get on here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Alan, yeah. give me a call. <laughs> That's so yeah. weird. You know. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. then the name is, you know, makes yeah. no sense. Give me a call. It's yeah. it's, it's Lemon. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. Uh, and we're, we're, Robbie, what about you? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me at Robbie Carlisle on Twitter mm. uh, or on Facebook. Or doing crazy shit on the nighttime Wait a show. I yeah. may be on that Twitter thing. Oh, yeah. Are yeah. you on that? Yeah. What's your, uh, do you know what your it's name is? either the real there? Alan Steven or Preston Sturgis. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> or no, Sturgis Trumbo. That's Sturgis Trumbo? Oh. Yeah. All right, well, we'll t- when Two we tweet brilliant, this. Two brilliant, brilliant people, if you yes. know who they were. Yeah, we'll, when we tweet this, we'll, uh, we'll tag you. We'll look it up. Stuff like yeah. That, that sounds sure. like a grinder screen name. Uh, actually, Trumbo, of course, there was a movie yeah. about him a few years ago by what's Brian Cranston. Brilliant yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, he was blacklisted, a blacklisted writer who won Oscars blacklisted, yeah. who I believe Kirk Douglas finally got his name back up on, st- on the screen when he did Spartacus. And then the other one was just a great comedy writer, director, Preston Sturgis, mm-hmm. did a lot of comedies yeah. in the 30s. Yeah, that's awesome. But this is where things originated, if you know the history. Yeah. I like to go to the originators. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's I mean, where you learn. Yeah. It, ju- it just sounds like a guy I would sleep with. Sturgis Trumbo. Oh, I forgot about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I imagine every guy sounds like a yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can't be picky. No but, offense, yeah. I know you lost yeah. 40 pounds. But <laughs> 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 I have a feeling come the end of the night when the lights go on, it's still you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, fucking A, Alan. Oh. That's so good. It's so funny. Oh, Christ. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a guy I see. <laughs> Mr. Picky. Yeah. yeah, he's very picky. I have a funny feeling if you go in a men's room. An Uber driver or a Lyft driver? Yeah. Which exactly. one is going to be? Actually, hey, did that guy just go into the men's room? I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm not sleeping with Uber drivers because they ask you to tip afterwards now. Oh! Uh, keep working on it. I love you. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Matt, where can people find you? Uh, hey, you can good f- luck in all your movie stuff, yeah. by the way. Uh, yes. We'll see. That stork thing's cool. It, it, yeah. was, it was something. It was a whole situation. And it's yeah. a different following, you know, when mm-hmm. when you hit that. Did you yeah. hear about what I did with Robbie at uh, San Diego Comic-Con? Did no. you hear that story? I took, uh, I just, uh, so they asked me to do press at Comic-Con. But my, I called Warner Brothers. I go... Uh, you want me to do press for storks? And they go, no. Movie came out in 
September of last year. It's been on <laughs> DVD since December. Like, it's on HBO, but you don't need to promote that. Like, that's it's it's fine. Just promote whatever you want to promote. So I called back both studios because KUSI in San Diego and Fox Morning News booked me, but without having anything for me to do. So I would go. I go. Look, I'll come on and I'll talk about Comic Con. Okay. But then during the conversation of me talking about Comic-Con and our podcast and stuff, while we're talking about it, I'm going to say, I just started a line of costumes for plus-size men. Uh, and here to demonstrate is one of our models. And then Robbie will come out as Spider-Man and we'll make him do like some flips and stuff. And it'll be very funny. And both networks were like, fuck yeah, we're in, right? So uh, for, the, for Fox Morning News, we were out by a pool and Robbie uh, decided to show off his moves and leaped into the pool on, <laughs> on the morning show. And then they kept making him fall back in the pool, and it was very uncomfortable and funny. And I kept advertising how much. These are eighty nine ninety five <laughs> only at fatguycosplay.com. <laughs> right, just, just guy trying to push it. And then we go into the studio, to an actual like TV studio, and um, we asked, uh, I, I did the same introduction. Robbie comes out, stands awkwardly behind me for a while. So he's mostly out of frame, you know, in the, in the interview like shot. And then, uh, and then I go, show them what you can do, Robbie. And he got up onto the couch and then fell onto the news camera, like the news guy Funny. that was hosting. And it was fucking hysterical. And he was like trying to do like leaps and shit, almost broke a table. Here, here's what you grace. have in him. As yeah. in real life, he never says no. Right. Yes. And God God bless him yeah. for that. Because without that, you don't have, you know, when you're doing a comedy show, you need a fall guy and you need a guy that can do funny pratfalls and funny crazy shit and he's the he's, fall down the stairs guy he's our us. guy he's our guy you yeah. know and we've been we've been with him this is two over two years we've been doing this stuff with him and it's like you know i owe him huge i owe him huge well, soon that. he'll be so thin it won't be funny <laughs> exactly <laughs> gotta start that, eating again i don't know how that. soon you might think that is on. it's gonna be quite a while <laughs> Right. We got a ways to go. Matt, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at funnymat.com, or if you're a fat person who's offended by what I just said, let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. Yes, which or is a real on Facebook, site. where you cook all the time. Yes, you oh, can see things God. I cook on my Facebook and Instagram profile. Chef Matt. Oh, yes. Jesus Christ. You can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Glickman, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast and leave your comments and messages and share. Thank you so much, Alan. You're the fucking you. coolest for coming you. on. And uh, hopefully we'll get you, if you're down for it, we'll get you on the live show again soon. Uh, always down for that. Awesome. Yeah, great. Awesome. Thanks a lot. See you later, bitches.